Hi everyone, I hope you're having a lovely evening. It's interesting how I often feel inspired to do podcasts at night. And I think it's because creativity really finds me at night. There's less distractions. I can't go outside and do things. I'm usually in the house. And right now I'm actually in LA house-sitting for some coworkers and friends. And the TV stopped working this week, which has been beautiful because it's birthed so much creativity for me. I've been playing the piano and drawing and writing poetry and working on a mural in the backyard. And in addition to that, making this podcast. So um, when I initially ended things with Ken, Back in June, it was what, middle of June, which was almost two months ago, not quite. Um, I had the intention to do a podcast eventually about it, but I didn't feel like the time was right until now. So I am going to start off, before I really get into it, Um, I'm going to start off by reading something pretty personal. It's actually the very first excerpt from my journal that I started doing. Um, I got influenced by my friend Blue to do 40 Days of Devotion, and it came to me at the perfect time. It came right around the same time that Ken and I um, separated. And so every day I would wake up, And for an hour, I would do a devotion. And that looked different every day. Some days it would be, you know, walking on the beach because I was staying with my friend Yana in Miami. It would be maybe floating in the ocean, meditating, breath work. Um, Sometimes it would be singing. Sometimes it would be dance. But almost always it would be journaling because I really wanted to remember this journey, this portion of my life. And every time I journal, I also really think about my grandmother because she instilled in me really early on that journaling was amazing. And she has so many bookshelves in her house just filled with years and years of journals. And someday I really hope to go through those and read them. And there's probably so much wisdom in there. I'm actually really excited to ask her about it now that I think about it. But um, yeah, I think journaling is so powerful. Um, Words are so powerful. We're really putting magic out into the universe when we're putting words out. And so whether we say something, whether we verbalize it, or whether we put it in writing, there's so much power there. And so I'm going to read you some of the power that I put into writing on day one of my 40 days of devotion, which I've continued to do even though day 40 has come and gone. Uh, I'm still continuing to devote myself to a morning practice because I think it's so important. You're starting your day for yourself. You're getting grounded before the craziness of the day kicks in. Um, Before any stress or outside influences come in, you're really planting your roots down. And if you do that and you're rooted, you can make decisions from a place of empowerment and not a place of dissociation from self. So highly recommend doing a morning or even evening devotion. It doesn't have to be um, in the morning. I just prefer to start the day that way. So day one, 
journal. Let's go. Today, I woke up feeling so tired. I know the journey inward means saying goodbye to outside stimulants for a while. This includes my relationship with Ken. I felt so safe and low. Everything now feels so scary, but the journey to enlightenment is scary. It's filled with so much fear release because you're recognizing everything that needs to come up. It's a down, in, and up feeling that's so painful, but also so beautiful. I feel everything deeper when grief cracks me open. The pain, the joy, the sight of water left over from the rain on a plant. It's all so beautiful and raw, just like me, just like my even deeper journey into self-love. I'm not going to get it fully at first, and that's why it's so hard. I'm falling in love with the process, not the goal. The goal is to create an environment for women to heal, grow, thrive on radical self-reliance and creativity. But how can they do that if I don't do it first? I'm here to show people that freedom is possible and they can wake up full and connected without a partner laying next to them. I know I'm going to cry a lot, but it's in the emotions that healing takes full fledge over our bodies. I'm in the most beautiful place for healing. I'm so grateful for my friends and the love and light they bring into my life. In the stillness, I become whole and alive. I hear the birds singing. I see the beautiful green plants around me and I know I truly am in paradise. I am outside the safe container of my relationship and I'm feeling to be with my love again. I'm fiending, not feeling, I'm fiending to be with my love again. But that's when I have to regroup and know that my love is always with me because love comes from source and source is in me. So yeah, that was the first, first really opportunity that I had to pour my heart out. And looking back at it, I remember how I felt in that moment. And I think it's so important to honor that. Um, I also want to celebrate how far I've grown in less than two months. It's really, really amazing. Um, but those first few days and weeks after I left Ken were incredibly lonely. I remember just feeling this emptiness. Um, and the song by America, this is for all the lonely people waiting for life to pass them by. I think I really forgot what it felt like to be alone. Um, in the beginning of COVID, when a lot of people were spending a lot of time with themselves, I was spending time with Ken and meeting his friends and getting immersed in a whole new environment in Colorado and a whole new world, really. And I didn't get the opportunity to feel loneliness. And I remember everything being really hard to do for the first couple of weeks because everything reminded me of him. Um, and that's when I came into the realization that I like having someone else to focus on other than myself, because when I look outside myself, I can truly be in the moment and feel others. And that's really powerful. And grief is weird because everything shines brighter when your senses are full swing, yet there's a sadness behind the lens and you can be filled with gratitude 
but also filled with sadness. Both of those feelings can definitely coexist at the same time. And I felt that a lot. Like the minute um, I knew it was over, I, I told Ken immediately. And I don't know if he actually knew I was serious because three months earlier, before we'd even gotten engaged in March, um, I, I remember the moment we were in a hotel room in Scottsdale, Arizona, right before um, my big horse show. And I told him that I thought we needed to break up. And like the thought, that thought just scared me. The fact that I was like putting that on the table was like, fuck, like, no, I'm a fighter. I fight for relationships. Like I am devoted to this person. I love this person. Why am I saying that I think we should break up? And I realized it was coming from a place, a place that needed love. It was, it was coming from the shadow side of Ali that needed to be seen and held and loved and not by a Ken, not by another man, but by herself. It was coming from the part of Ali that recognized that she wasn't fully in touch with her sexuality and with her body and with her inner child and Allie needed to hold all of those things for her. And Allie wasn't able to do that for Ken. I wanted so badly to hold his inner child, you know, when he when he would be sad or 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 lash out or whatever it was. I wanted so badly to be able to hold him in that place. But I recognized that I couldn't hold him and until I'd held myself there. And I couldn't do it inside the container of that relationship anymore. And I recognized that we'd helped each other grow so much. We'd been together through COVID. And we had a beautiful relationship. We had so many wonderful times. And Ken is still one of my favorite people. I have so much love for him. If anything, I... I feel like I love him even more now that we're not together because the selfishness of wanting to hold him close and wanting to keep him solely for my like pleasure has now been stripped away. And now I I have this this love that's that's literally I can't believe I'm saying this but I I can tell you right now that if Ken introduced me to his new next partner that I would be really happy for him and I can't even believe that I'm uttering those words because a month and a half ago I definitely couldn't even bear the thought of him ever like loving someone else or kissing someone else or being intimate with someone else other than me. That thought was so painful when I had originally left. And so was the thought of me being intimate with anyone other than him. But then I replaced that thought when I realized that I needed to be intimate with myself and I needed to invest in myself and I needed to choose myself And I will continue to choose myself over and over again. 
above any relationship, above any friendship that's not serving me, above any job, above any location. Because I know how worthy I am. And I know how held I am unconditionally by source. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that nothing else is is there to replace that love. The other things in my life are only there to show me and remind me of that love. And if I'm not in a relationship that's reflecting what I truly need and how I need to be held by source, right? Because what we are calling in, what we're saying we need, what we're asking for, what we're longing for, what our heart is telling us what we need is the truth. It's not a facade. It's not, and I'm not talking about, you know, a need, a need that comes from, something external. I'm not talking about, you know, you watching a show or reading a romance novel and wanting that. You know, I'm I'm talking about you like soaking in your fullness of who you are as a human, who your child like self is, who you are at your happiest, who you are at your most angry, who you are at your saddest and how do you want to be held in all of those moments how do you want to feel and I think it's really important when you're attracting a partner I used to write down like all of these qualities about what I wanted in someone what I wanted them to bring whether it was looks or you know like success or drive or character qualities. And those are all important. Don't get me wrong. But what I didn't write was how I wanted to feel with them. And I think that's really it. That's, that's it. It's how are we supposed to feel being held in sacred love? And guess what? We can't feel that from someone else until we felt it from ourselves. And I'm talking every aspect of love. I'm talking emotional love. I'm talking sexual love. I'm talking about romance. I'm talking about writing yourself a love letter. All of these practices are going to hone in And attract the love that you need and the love that you deserve. And, you know, I, I truly, I, I truly believe that, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, what you need. If you take the time to be with yourself and that's loving yourself as your greatest light and also at your very darkest, 
because you have to recognize that polarity. Like you can be in a place of choosing, but really it, it comes from getting in touch with your darkness. I believe that's so much more important than getting in touch with your light. I mean, everyone can be happy. Everyone can be passionate and everyone wants to feel those things. But can you sit with yourself, look in the mirror and love yourself when you're hating on yourself for failing something, for not getting the job, for screwing up that email, for yelling at your parent, for yelling at your partner? Can you hold yourself after that? Do you have the ability to really ground and be centered and also have the ability to be so the opposite and recognize that and be reaching for the love and light is so easy. Like for all of us, it's so easy to like want that love and that light. But in order to truly feel that, you have to stop judging your darkness And don't spiritually bypass your humanness because that, you and your fullness is what's so beautiful and so lovable. And if you're with someone that only loves you on the good days, again, there's so many quotes around it. (laughs) You know, you can have me at my best, but if you can't handle it, me at my worst. It's really not about the other person having or handling you at your worst. It's Can you do it? And something I recognized when I was in Colorado is that I was lonely in a really hot way where my mind would like keep going wild to try to come up with a companion to save me from my disconnect. And I know a lot of us felt that during COVID and I'm sure COVID might have contributed to that, but I really felt a disconnect from a lot of the things that made me happy. Um, And we keep ourselves busy so we don't have to feel the pain. We do anything we can to distance ourselves from the demon that's loneliness. When really, loneliness is being with ourselves and learning how to navigate our internal state so we can know and manifest exactly what we want. So it's so crazy how we all run away from loneliness and loneliness is the secret to happiness. And if you don't know loneliness, if you've never known it, if you just jump from relationship to relationship or you know, maybe it's even job to job. Maybe you need to take a minute but in between jobs and recognize what it feels like to be fulfilled outside of a career, outside of work. I mean, there's so, there's so many different ways that you can look at this, but it's really important to recognize that your Your worthiness has nothing to do with your function. It has everything to do with your essence. So what is your essence? For me, I have many essences. I remember in college, I uh, was was starting to get into like my sexuality because for years I would was raised super like conservative. I was told that like sex was wrong and that, you know, oh my God, dancing or doing anything sexy was just really almost dis, dis, dis completely um, looked down upon and discouraged. And I remember I used to love going to Roxy 
and watching the dancers because they had this powerful sexual goddess energy and I wanted it. I wanted to be able to move like them, to have that freedom, to feel sexy in my body, to love my body. And I watched them up there and I was like, that is what I want. That is the, like, the essence of, like, Tantra. And I realized that that essence is is coming is it's it's deeper than than just like dancing sexy or feeling sexy in your body, right? It's deeper than that. It's feeling like you have a relationship with yourself that allows all the other layers to follow away and you have a genuine like desire to to harness everything within yourself the beautiful the ugly when you honor your thoughts instead of shutting it down or ignoring it you ask why did that come from you drive all the blames into yourself it's so easy to do like driving blame into yourself But true beauty and true sexiness is to say, no, no, I am worthy. No, I do not need to hold that blame. I can let it go. I can let go of the traumas that aren't letting my hips swing, (laughs) right? Like I have a fuck ton of traumas. I got spanked every day as a child. My hips are so tight. And that's that's really held me back from feeling sexy, and there were times like I I would tell myself I was sexy. I felt like I looked sexy, but I didn't feel it. I didn't truly feel it because I was holding on so tightly to all the traumas. And you know what? After I left Ken, I let go of control. When we were together, I was felt this like grip for control. I was like, where is this coming from? I'm such a like easygoing person. I thought like, I don't need to control things. Where is this coming from? And it was coming from fear. It was coming from needs not being fully met. It was coming from not listening to my body. Your body knows. It's designed to tell you the truth. Your body tells you who your higher self is and it provides feedback Every single moment. If your throat tenses up or you tense up, that's a sign to tune in. If you feel anger swelling up inside of you, that's a sign that one of your boundaries is not being honored and you have to look at it. You have to decide what it is you want to choose. And when you choose what you want, the universe listens to that. When I chose myself from a place that was loving, I felt really empowered. The first few weeks, I didn't feel empowered. I felt really scared. I felt empowered. Actually, that's not true. I felt empowered whenever I was packing up the house to leave, but I also felt so scared, so afraid of what I couldn't control, which was the unknown, right? 
And then I realized that I was a control freak. I wanted so much to really understand what I wanted in a relationship. I knew what I didn't want. I could feel it in my body when Ken did it. I knew what I did and didn't like about him. And I was taking notes slowly but surely over that year and six months. And that's what you do when you date someone. But guess what? When you're dating someone, it's just a projection of you. And when they bring something up and you tense up, guess what? That's probably an area of your internal reality that you haven't forgiven or come to terms with. And that's why they say relationships are mirrors. And Ken was an incredible mirror for me. He taught me what I want to manifest in the most beautiful partnership I can ever imagine. So I want to thank you, Ken. I hope someday he'll come on my podcast. (laughs) Actually supposed to see him. He's in LA this week and um, we might get together. I'm not holding on to the, any thought or any outcome, but um, I definitely desire to continue having a friendship with Ken. And so far, I think we've been able to do that. I feel like we had the most, conscious uncoupling that I could have asked for um when we both ended things um the night before I moved out we actually like sat in the hot tub naked we didn't have sex we just sat together and talked about all the things that we would have done differently all the things that we loved about each other all the things that you know did work for us all the things that didn't work We unpacked a lot that night and it was super healing. Just felt like a ceremony really. And we decided not to sleep together. I'm really glad we decided that. You know, some people want to have the breakup sex for us. We didn't. Um, But I did sleep with him like in his bed, like we cuddled together. And that was really healthy for me because normally when I'd broken up with people in the past, it was always like a harsh goodbye where I was like, you know, either them leaving or me storming out angry and never talking to them again. It wasn't like a loving, conscious separation. And separation's an illusion, right? Like love doesn't ever go away. It's always going to be there. We just continue to add to it. And we continue to heal. And we continue to understand what we want in a relationship. And I don't know what my future partner looks like or what he's doing, but life's a really beautiful game. And I'm moving through manifestation in a a new way, in a surrendered way that kind of lets go of control. And um, I'm very tuned in to what feels good to me and what doesn't, what supports my thriving and what I need to, to move away from. And it's a really difficult place to stand in when you're losing love, when you're saying goodbye to love, it's a really hard place to be in because you're choosing you. The universe listens to that, but it's also really difficult to say goodbye. (sighs) I want conscious love. And I know I have the ability to experience it. 
And that conscious love comes from my own investment in self. You can't be clear on what you want until you spend your time with self. I said that earlier. You have to talk to yourself and own the fact that what you want, you deserve and you are worthy of. You know, after we broke up, Ken said he didn't do didn't feel he did anything wrong and he's right. He only did his best. But his best wasn't serving me. And I recognize that I don't need a partnership to come alive. I come alive when I'm writing, (laughs) when I'm doing art, when I'm riding a horse, when I'm connecting with friends, when I'm having a deep conversation and coaching someone to be their highest, most beautiful self. And in order to do that, I have to do the work of establishing my worthiness and my capacity to desire and dream and to know and own that I can have it all. And just a reminder to you all, we're all worthy of living a beautiful and thriving life. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter how many hearts you've broken or how many relationships have failed. Our heart and passion will call to us because it's, it's part of our story and we're supposed to experience what's right for us. And I think it all starts with curiosity, like curiosity to understand that what you want is, can also be something that leads you to something else. So don't attach to the way things should be, you know? Like you think, oh, you go on a date with someone and you're like so inspired by that person. Um, and then maybe they leave you. Guess what? They're there to teach you a lesson and that's going to keep happening until you learn that lesson. That happened to me many times. I had to learn that. I had to be left in the worst way to recognize that rejection was redirection you can't feel that if you play it small so don't fucking play small give it your all give it your heart dive in if you got to um (laughs) i actually got invited on a date with a guy who played the piano and i didn't go on the date but i went to play the piano So because I opened up to a person, I opened up to a side of myself that now is so exciting. Like I'm playing the piano backwards now. I'm playing every single day and inspired. And I want to thank that person who I might never see again. I didn't actually go on the date with them, but... They reminded me that Allie loves to play the piano. So even though it looks like you're losing that person, if you never see them again, guess what? You're not losing. You're gaining. Because that person is just redirecting you back to yourself. That's why love is so beautiful. That's why we all fucking want it. Because it's redirecting us back to ourselves. It's redirecting us back to source energy. And when you're open... People will come into your life to continue to help you be a magnet for what you want. 
And if you stay small and unworthy, you don't put yourself out there enough to feel rejection, you're never going to get what you want. You have to feel the hard things. You have to feel them fully. And if you're holding on to something that doesn't serve you, it actually affects every other aspect of how energy comes into your life and how you flow. So for example, if you're staying in a relationship that doesn't serve you, it can actually stagnate you and take up space for something so much more beautiful that can serve you, whether it's another relationship or a life outside of that that you couldn't see. You can't see until you get to the other side and getting to the other side is the hardest part. I've been there. I've done it. If I can do it, you can too. But you know deep down inside if you're in a relationship that doesn't serve you. And if you're in a relationship that does serve you, then be conscious about it. Put energy into it. Don't ignore the triggers. Go towards them. And remember that getting close to someone can't truly happen until you're close to yourself. And so maybe you go on a date with someone and they seem so far away and so reserved and you can't get through to them and you want to so badly because you want to feel that love. Guess what? You're not going to ever feel it from them until they feel it for themselves. And you're probably attracting them in because the part of you that can't give that love to yourself is attracting someone just like that to mirror back and show you, boom, this is what I don't have. And this is what I need to work on. You have it. You just have to see it and accept it. My phone's about to die. I want to keep talking, but I'm on 3% and I think my phone charger isn't working anymore, which is pretty funny. I think that's a sign from the universe that I need to close things up. But um, yeah, I wanted to talk about, you know, ending my relationship. I wanted to talk about the struggles. I wanted to share with you from the heart. You know, I haven't gone into the details of everything I went through or am going through, but I do want to say that less than two months out, I feel really happy and I feel really in love and I feel really deep, deeply grateful that I ended that relationship because when I did that, I began a whole new relationship with the alley that can set boundaries, the alley that can step up to the plate and lead, the alley that doesn't bypass the bullshit, (laughs) the alley that challenges herself to do hard things and gets into her flow state by choosing challenges that are 4% greater than her skill set, like surfing and God, what else have I done recently that I'm really bad at? <laughs> Lots of things. So yeah. Life's cool, guys. <laughs> Love is beautiful. Love is put into our realm for a reason. Love is all there is. So everything is love, separation, 
even when you're breaking up, if you're going through a divorce, if you're ending something that feels and seems so beautiful, guess what? Now you know that you are capable of holding space for that beauty and it's just going to continue to grow and evolve into something even bigger because be grateful. If you held love and it went away, guess what? That's an opportunity for you to look back and recognize that love is possible. If that's possible, guess what else is possible? And I promise that the pain will go away and the self-doubt will come when you're making a decision for yourself, self-doubt is definitely present. It was there for me a lot in many places. Um, I had a lot of doubt actually making that decision that I did. But deep down in my soul, I knew it was the best decision. It was the most loving decision because it wasn't right for me to stay in a relationship that wasn't serving both of us fully. So by creating space, I'm opening up the opportunity for both Ken and I to grow on our own and for us to grow into the people that are better going to serve whoever that next person is in our lives. Just kidding. Who's going to better serve ourselves? We're not growing for someone else. You're not becoming the best version of yourself so you can attract the happiness, the love of your life because the happiness and the love of your life is you. And your next partner is just going to mirror that. So if you want a beautiful partnership, have one with yourself first. (sighs) On that note, give yourself the space to breathe. Give yourself a big hug. If you haven't touched yourself today, do it. Touch your face, touch your arms, touch your legs. You are loved. Mm. Love you guys.